0: You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today I have Brian Kramer. Brian is an expert in everything that has to do with online marketing and social media. He's actually been... Ranked as one of the top ten marketing influencers on LinkedIn, he's authored several books on marketing and social media, including Shareology and Human to Human. You can find his books on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, or anywhere books are sold. He also did a TED Talk when it was cool to do a TED Talk, so that was about eight years ago. He focused on the power of sharing your experiences on social media. So TED has been around for quite a long time. He has helped over two hundred companies with branding and creating their social media and marketing strategies. Right now, he's an executive coach and he helps business owners learn how to scale and create efficiencies within their organization. So I'm very excited for you guys to listen to my chat with Brian. I hope you enjoy. And as usual, please like and share this episode if you find any value. Hey guys, I wanted to give you a heads up that my mic malfunctioned for my conversation with Brian. So I apologize in advance for my low audio quality. It doesn't take away from the fascinating chat that I had with Brian, who's a wealth of knowledge on social media. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome everybody to another episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today I have Brian Kramer. Brian has a very long past in direct response, specifically in social media and everything media related. Brian has 14,000 LinkedIn followers. Brian has transformed over 200 companies with his executive coaching. He did a TED Talk eight years ago when it was actually cool to do a TED Talk. And he's been ranked as a top 10 marketing influencer by LinkedIn. So welcome, Brian. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me here today.
0: Awesome. So, I mean, we have so much to cover with you. You have so much experience in everything that happens in kind of the whole marketing uh, angle of everything in the direct response business. So uh, can you tell us, as I mentioned in, in the intro, you did a TED talk eight years ago. Um, And you were talking about, you know, social media eight years ago. So obviously social media has evolved and we've seen so many different things happen in social media. Can you tell me a little bit about obviously your TED talk and where have things progressed since
1: then in social media? I would love to. Um, Yeah. So the social media back then was, uh, believe it or not, it was well, it was probably about four or five years maybe a little more in, and, um, we were at a point where social media was giving, uh, companies a go, a run for their money. Um, so, you know, no longer was it about TV, radio, and newspaper. They had Two-way communication, which changed everything. Uh, you could go on and say how annoyed you were at how late your pizza was uh, on Twitter if you wanted to. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of changes that happened with brands in communication that that they had to get used to, and still are getting used to. I don't think that's changed. I don't. I don't think that they quite have that down yet, but they're closer. They're farther along. And so that that's the thing that's um, not changed. The thing that has changed is that I think everybody considers it table stakes. Um, Back then it was like, well, do we really have to do this? Do we have to be involved? And now it's like, oh, yeah, it's just part of our plan. We need a uh, we need to be uh, um, involved. Involved in a communications plan on some level, and in a customer service plan. So, how are we going to support our customers if they show up on a certain platform? Um, what's our What's our game plan around that? Um, so, there's that. Uh, there's also the way that that advertising has changed too. Um, social advertising uh, has has changed you know, with Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. And I mean, the whole ad model has completely uh, shifted everything. My Ted talk was about how sharing powers, the human economy. And that was the other side of things. That's where the consumer has the voice and uh, what is that voice? How do they use it? And, and so for the first time in Ted history, uh, I got approved to by the CEO of Ted to bring in cell phones and use them during a Ted talk. It was the first time they allowed that. And, 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 and they uh actually used the 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 uh we used twitter at the time um, because it was the best platform to share how uh how we can inspire ideas together um, and i used the hashtag sharing inspires and my my ted talk was the first one in the day and then i came up at the very last part of the day and we showed on this on screen in front of everyone how we could inspire everyone around the world from one little theater of 250 or 300 people and it was neat to see how we can influence each other um it, it, at the end of the day we the dynamics showed how people connect and how they share and what they share and we learned a lot so um it was a really neat experience it was something that i think i'll do quite differently the next time because i was surprised by the um i didn't know the results until i was literally walking up on stage so the butterflies in my stomach were massive at that time and i was a i was a ball of stress the whole the whole time because it was my first TED talk but other than that it went really well
0: well awesome so I mean the one thing um you know that that I took took from that is obviously is you, you know you talk a lot about uh human to human right so you have if anybody's watching on YouTube you'll see uh that Brian has a hashtag h2h on his um on his backdrop and you know human to human interaction is obviously important via social media, it's it's still human to human, obviously, because we're talking to each other. But one thing that has kind of progressed in terms of social media is just in my opinion, I, you know, I've been a social media user since its inception, uh, and I'm aging myself. But yeah, so I've been around for a while and I've been using you know Facebook and all the big platforms for a long time. I remember Facebook and and you know particularly because that was like the biggest first one. It was a lot more sharing of. You know, pictures, let's say vacation pictures or things that we're doing or trying to organize people and so forth. Whereas now it's almost like progressed a little bit to different people's agendas and, you know, uh, sticking to your brand, sticking to your people, uh, news. It, it's really become almost like a hub for life versus it's inception and and I guess it's use case at the beginning was really just to to connect with your people. Um, So how does that affect brands? Like how can a brand connect, you know, we're always, uh, you know, consumers are now very weary of connecting with brands. They don't like necessarily being sold. Um, They want to just kind of come to their conclusion. So going from like sharing Person to person to now like kind of really interacting with businesses and not trying to be fooled and so forth. I guess the the best question to ask is how can a business continue the human to human interaction when it's a business that's actually interacting with the human, not an actual person?
1: Yeah, well, that's a great question. So uh, the best businesses out there, and I outline this in um, in my book Human to Human, are the businesses that run on the uh, the three pillars of what makes us the most human business ever and um and so i'll ask you a question uh three three quick questions so i'm prepping you and 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 everyone listening um you know think about this uh, the answer in your head and um and think about what you might think uh as i ask this which is the first one uh is um is, is simplicity which brand do you think uh embraces simplicity
0: um I mean, are you asking my personal preference? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to turn anybody off or anything, but like, I like Goop as a brand. I, I, yeah. like, I like their social media. as very white, very plain, muted colors. And totally. I,
1: and it speaks to me. Oh, I know that brand really well. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. I think they've done a f- fantastic job of, uh, understanding the brand, what they stand for, and and what what they're selling, um, what what their mission is, what their vision is, and why you want to belong to it, um, and so it's a it's a great example. I think uh, you know a lot of times people use a- Apple as a as a an example of how simple it is that they you know you can count on two two hands what they sell and yeah. and know exactly where to go and what to buy. Um, there's different different ways that we embrace uh, simplicity, but that we, we, as humans, we tend to make things more complex and yet we gravitate to simplicity. The things that are most simple are the ones that, that, that make us um, more endeared. And so the next one is, which one do you believe uh, embraces empathy uh, for its customer, which sometimes shows up as customer service?
0: Mm, Empathy. I can't say really at the top of my head. Hmm. I don't want anybody waiting here, but I really can't think of any brand that I feel is empathetic, like specifically. Uh, and I'm probably not the best user because I don't use uh, too much of social media. So I don't know. Fill me in. What do you think?
1: You know, a good one um, that you might think of and it's it, it it doesn't it wouldn't be top of mind for a lot of people. But um, Amazon's a good one uh, only because they uh, they they really don't give you a hard time on returning any product. Um, if you're if you go to return a product, it's pretty simple depending upon what country you're in. But uh, but there is a uh, an easy flow and they understand that the customer really just wants to get their product back. Uh, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't work, it's not to expectation, no questions asked just return it more times than not, Um, you know, nothing in life is perfect, but more times than
0: not. I would say that's not, you're right. That's not really an example I would think of. I don't see Amazon. I I see when I think of Amazon, their image for me is efficiency Mm. uh, and and speed. You know what I mean? Empathy is not necessarily something that I would equate to the Amazon brand, at least for myself.
1: Yeah no hey and it's different for everybody um and it depends on how you know what level you look at it that, you know as a brand uh hierarchy i would completely agree with you but to the uh customer support or service level uh their empathy for the customer is is quite high uh they get scored high for for that level um and and so yeah there's a, there's all kinds of brands out there that i think uh would fit empathy for brands that embrace it. Uh, There are also brands that don't embrace it and you can see why that you don't connect with them very well. Uh, The last one is imperfection. Uh, What brand, and this is a hard one, so um, you know, try to try to think outside the box but what brand do you think might have embraced a um uh a challenge or something that happened to them uh and they came right out and they said they were transparent about what happened uh they were honest or or truthful about what happened uh, that's a brand that embraces imperfection uh, anything come up for you
0: well i mean I- When you talk about imperfection, I feel like the first thing that came up like really quickly was Twitter, because I feel like, you know, Musk taking over Twitter, there's just a lot of things that are not working. And he's kind of like, yeah, it's not working, but we'll fix it. Don't worry about it. And like, he's just kind of, you know, people are following him anyway. I I don't think that he's apologetic about it, but I would say it's an imperfect brand and he's embraced the fact that it's imperfect and he's trying to fix
1: it. I got to tell you, that's a great, great answer. I haven't heard that one before. And I love the, I love the thought. Um, And that's certainly thinking outside the box. Um, There's, there's the, the, another side to it that could be like a company like, um, like Dove that embraces the imperfection of skin. Um, so you know now we just pointed out so many different examples of ways that we see things through our eyes and how we see brands, which is which is different for all of us. And um, and when you put simplicity, empathy, and imperfection together, those are actually the traits that that connect us to other humans. It's what we, we like. What attracts me to to uh, to another human being is you is typically those three things. What we don't realize is the same thing that attracts us to a brand. And when we start to align our brand messaging and our uh, engagement and everything that we do online within the human traits, we're going to start to be attracted to that brand even more so as well.
0: Hmm, interesting. Well, I mean, it's it's usually... Um at least on social media, we're talking about social media, you know, it's usually the opposite that people say, right? Because we're bombarded by images of perfection. We're bombarded by, you know, extreme efficiency and coaches telling you how to get things done perfectly. And now you're telling us, you know, the, the, that the opposite is what is making, you know, brands connect with their customers. Right.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think that it that it has a long shelf life for uh perfect pictures making me want to buy something. Um and and nor do I think it it does a lot of people and in fact I think it creates FOMO more than anything else. And um that and the people that have come forward and when you look at people like Brené Brown who uh talks about vulnerability and and more people alongside that movement, um the brands and the people that that show up on social in the most real human way, um and there's a lot of people that that do do that well um we connect with them more and and it's longer lasting it's not short-lived and so yeah perfection has a place unfortunately uh and at least perceived perfection i don't when when nothing there is no such thing as perfect um but the perceived perfection lives there and um and it doesn't last
0: Okay. So so if 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 we kind of take it more to a tactical level and let's let's use my company, Direct PayNet as an example. Um, so I have a lot of followers on my personal side, you know, I kind of share some ideas, I I try to give value. I, I also share some of my personal life, you know, here and there. Um, and I'm getting, you know, invites and invites and people who want to follow me. And then we have our brand, which is direct paynet, which is my company, I'm the founder of it. And obviously, we have a team here. um, And we're not able to crack the code of connecting with customers like our social just isn't growing, despite a lot of content being put on a lot of, uh, you know, which providing a lot of value, giving people a lot of information. Um, You know, why do you think and obviously, you know, a limited amount about my company and so forth. But why is it that people are willing to follow Maria Sparagas and listen to the same almost advice that I give as Maria Sparagas, but as direct pay net, not interested?
1: Yeah, it, well, it's the same uh, same challenge that most companies have uh, um, that don't have the budget of Nike. Um, and when you have a budget of Nike, you can start to humanize the brand. So they humanize the brands around um, around people like Michael Jordan. Um, and when you start to be attracted to the brand of air, air Jordans, um, you know, you start to identify a little bit more around that brand because you see yourself in the brand and you, you, you want to, uh, take on a certain aspect or certain trait or modality, um, within the brand. Um, and so, um, it's the hardest thing for us to do is uh, brand ourselves is to show up as ourselves through another brand. Um, most of the time, this is why, you know, we call it, it cobbler's kids as marketers. We can't market ourselves, but we can market everyone else. Yeah. And so creating a brand for for you on um, and having a brand voice versus having your own personal voice is like a split schizophrenic uh, uh, challenge. And, um, and, and so how do you show up as your human self on both? Um, you know, and it has to be defined. Um, and so what I, what I, what I like to do is define is, and there's two things there. One is that we always have our favorite. Um, it's kind of like our blogs. Like if we, if we blog have two blogs, we always have our favorite, it's like our favorite child or whatever. And <laughs> and the same thing goes for social We're media, Have favorite child, <laughs> you're not supposed to have a favorite child, but I mean, like, like, it's just like you, you, you have this favorite that just stands out. Cause it's just the one you lean towards uh, the more, but, but lean towards more. But um, uh, the the thing that that I think creates um, the um, uh, the the biggest distance when you when you have a voice through a brand is is deciding whether you're going to speak through the brand or you're going to speak as yourself through the brand. And um, and and I think speaking as yourself through the brand is probably the best way to go unless you plan on becoming Nike. Um, So creating more of that first person voice and 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 giving more uh, insights, creating more like more in. um, uh, in-depth uh, transparency into what is going on inside the brand is going to help as well. I don't know your, I haven't looked at your Instagram so I, or your profile, so I don't really know if that's the case or not, but that's typically what goes on.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like the fact that, you know, what you're saying is that, you know, myself, for example, being more at the forefront of the brand than using words like we, we help this or we do this, you know, I... Right. Regardless of whether what I'm getting from you is regardless if I have a team or not, I should be the representative of that. And I should be, you know, explaining things and getting people into, let's say, the funnel into our world in order for them, for for my team to take over. What you're saying is basically a brand should have an ambassador, just like Nike. Nike is not just showing us shoes. They're showing us Michael Jordan. I like Michael Jordan. That's why I like the shoes. I don't like the yeah. shoes, men like Michael Jordan in consequence. So uh, that's an interesting takeaway um, in terms of, you know, creating social content and, you know, ha- how to spin it and so forth. There's been so many advancements, obviously, since during your tenure of, of you know, working in this space, the obviously the hottest one is AI, uh, the new kid on the block that everybody's talking about. Um in a world now where we can create unlimited content very quickly, um, how, how do you see this progressing and how, how are we going to be able to get, you know, a slice of that attention, given that, you know, I think in my opinion, in the next couple of years, we're going to be exposed to 20, 30, 40, 100 times more content than we are now.
1: Uh, so is the question, how do you get a slice of attention using AI tools or? Yes. Um, yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. How, how do you get attention? And then we're going to have another question after that, which is how to use the AI, AI tools. So let's just kind of cover everything AI. Uh, I think it's, it, it can kind of intertwine between both, both uh, aspects of AI.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think that how we get attention is changed. I think it just speeds up how we get attention. Um and now it's a it's a it's a race to attention. It's always been a, about attention um, or awareness if you will. Um and and creating um creating things so that we can get faster at it. Um the, the the ironic part is that technology has um has has already been around and created the exact same problem. It's just speeding up the same problem that we have already had, which is that we, you know, a lot of companies are deciding to use technology in place of humans. And I don't think that should be the case. I think that, you know, it should be um, technology and humans working together, um, not one or the other. And the thing that we, want to know, we want to remember is that um, this, everything that we do is about bringing relationships together faster. And so how do we create a relationship faster? Now, how do we replace a human relationship? And so um, if we're looking at like in a funnel or we're looking at creating, um, you know, a digital marketing campaign of any kind and, and not, not, looking at it and taking a step back and saying, where are the human touch points in the midst of all this, then we've done something quite wrong. Um, We have to actually look at it and say, where are, how do we make this faster using AI? And then uh, where can we insert people so that we can create those human touch points that still make a difference more so now than ever. In fact, right now being human is everyone's competitive advantage. If they actually step up and actually become more human in what they do, they're going to stand out even more than ever. Everyone else that's automating everything. So it's actually, I mean, now's the time to send a a handwritten thank you note to somebody in their mailbox because I don't receive anything in my mail other than spam and mass printed stuff and, and, and bills. So, I mean, this is the time when you can be more human, not less.
0: Okay. Well, that's interesting. So, I mean, I, I, I believe and I'm in the same mindset as you is that, you know, every advancement of technology just brings more jobs and more opportunities for people to connect, you know, whether it be the internet or social media or anything, it's just created more opportunities for people, which, which is always amazes me as like every time there's a new kind of big thing in technology, new kid on the block. Um, you know, like AI people are saying is going to wipe away jobs is going to do that. I'm like, but let's look at our past. Every single thing that has made humans more productive has actually increased productivity and increased the amount of jobs and increased the amount of opportunities. So, I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm in the same mindset as you that, you know, we just need to have more human contact and we need to, to use these tools to make things better, but not necessarily erase what we have. Talking about, you know, productivity and efficiency and so forth and keeping on the lines of AI is, you know, being a social media person right now is, is, you know, there's people who offer trainings, and there's different types of coursework that you can take. But a lot of times, it's trial and error, you see what works, what doesn't, and you keep doing what works and so forth. So I'm just curious, if we get a little bit tactical here, like, what are some of the best practices, you know, if somebody's kind of you know, they have a mildly successful brand and they, you know, they're, they're, they're an, an online business. Um, how, what are, what are some best practices? Is it posting every day? Is it posting every platform? Is it finding your best platform? Is it posting multiple times a day? You know, is there specific thing? Cause this is, you know, it, it's the, I think it's the conundrum that every business owner has, you know, as we, or we, we hire social media people, myself included, I have no idea what they're doing. I don't know if it's any good. I don't know what we can do to make it better. It's hard to coach because it's just so there's no, it's not like math, a math problem or a spreadsheet where you can say, you know, put that there and that's going to work. Um, so do you have any best practices or anything that you can share with us in terms of how often to post and how to build your brand on social media?
1: Um, well, so every, everything, every, every uh, platform has its own um unique, uh, reason for how, how many times you should post, um, like on Facebook, I, I wouldn't post as much as I would on Twitter and, uh, and on Instagram, I wouldn't post as much as I do on, 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 uh, Facebook. And so, um, you know, so the, it just depends on the, you know, if it's a story versus a a post and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But if you're just looking at a general, like, uh, way of approaching things and then um and i write about this in my other book in shareology um how to share and uh, how sharing empowers the human economy and and one of the things that i talk about is the rule of thirds and it's kind of like photography um photography when you see a photo you you the, the neatest or the coolest looking photos are not the ones where the the person is dead center in the middle of the photo it's usually where somebody is off to the left or off to the right which is the rule of thirds Um, The same thing for any object in a photo. And so if you uh, start to post about the same thing all the time, then it, it, it starts to drown out and we don't pay attention to it anymore. So I suggest using the rule of thirds, a third about, other people, a third about uh, yourself and a third about news pertaining to or tips or whatever pertaining to your um, your industry so that you you can get that out. Um, when you start to share more in the rule of thirds, then people see the dynamic of you as a human and what you believe. But you, when you share all the time the same thing, then you become flat or one dimensional. And that's what people are going to see. The other thing that I'll say is that when you share, uh, and this goes to um, Uh, there's a a piece of research that, that um, was done about human emotions and emotions are what, comes through. It's what people uh, really identify with. What emotion you choose to share and the impact that you want on social media is what's going to get people to engage. Engagement should be your number one KPI, not likes, but engagement, comments, and the the same thing for everything in your organization. Make engagement your number one KPI and then your sales will go up and then everything will go up because engagement is up. Obviously, I'm pointing to a positive engagement, not a negative engagement of of that side going up. But when you get your engagement up, the reason that your engagement is going to go up is because of the emotions, uh, the, the emotions that you share. So what's the impact of the emotion that you want? There's six different emotions. Um, Paul Ekman uh, describes uh, the six emotions. Um, there's angry, joy, surprise, um, hap- humor, uh, or fun, and 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 so on. And when you get down into the emotions that you want, the thing that you need to remember is that people will reply or they are reciprocal, reciprocal with an emotion based upon the emotion that you share. So if I, if I share with anger, then other people are going to reciprocate with anger. If I share with surprise, people are going to share with surprise. The thing that we tend to do as humans on social media is we share the same emotion all the time. And again, we go flat, try the wheel, try the emotions wheel and see what flavors you can put out so that you can get a more, more dynamic human feel for who you actually are. And then you're going to drive more engagement.
0: That's interesting. I I, I agree with you. I feel like we all have people on our social media let's say if we're talking just like friends and so forth you have the negative guy or the negative girl that's always sharing bad news and bad stuff and just has a negative kind of approach and then you have the motivational person sharing quotes and things and positivity and life is beautiful and then you have the people who are just you know around and sharing only you know moments in their life which show that they're successful and so forth so everybody almost has a lane I feel in their social media um so it's interesting to try a couple of things you know to show like you said a little bit of anger maybe a little bit of humor and a little bit of you know personal experience and human touch so um i guess that's a really good thing until you get to your 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 brand strategy because as you were talking about earlier you know when you were asking me the examples of you know uh which brand gives you empathy and so forth there are some brands like if we go back to dove as a brand i feel like they have they, they kind of harp on that same emotion of like acceptance and so forth. There's not, they don't really stray from that, in my opinion, from what I can tell. So do you think you should be testing all these different emotions until you find the right one and then stick to that one? No.
1: No, no. Once you stick to it, then, um, that one emotion, uh, then I think it's time to, to, to make sure that you still, cause you know, as humans, we're not always happy. We're not always full of surprise. We're not always joy filled. We are those things and we're more. And so we want to make sure that we're still continuing to, um, to share, to uh, 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 spread or or share in the, in the emotional wheel. Um, The other thing too, is that um, I'll say that there's, there, there are different kinds of sharers. Um, We all don't share the same way. And so some of us have, and there's a new york times study that i uh worked with that that um shares the different archetypes about how we share um and when you ask somebody to share that isn't a sharer you're you're barking up the wrong tree um and so depending upon who you are you might not share You know, some a certain emotion that might not be who you are, and so don't don't do that. Share who you authentically are and the emotions that comes to you, and that's going to create more connection. People really energetically, I think they can feel whether something is real or not real, Um, and over at least over time, maybe not right away, Um, but it starts to come out, and people start to really connect more with the with the. um, And I hate using this word authentic, but um, it's the only one I have. Um, But they start to connect with the authentic you.
0: No, I mean, I I agree. Yes. Authentic is maybe sometimes a little bit overused and so forth and be your authentic self and so forth. But at the end, yes, that is the right word. And, you know, a lot of people have a hard time and I, I find like, it's not necessarily done Uh, on purpose, but even like I said, for direct payment as a brand, sometimes we test different things and it may not speak to, to, to everybody and so forth. So uh, I guess it is a little bit of trial and error in order to kind of, you know, uh, to figure it out, but it is important to try to be authentic. You know, for example, I like to talk a lot about business things and, and conversions and so forth. It comes so naturally to me. I just love kind of talking about it and you know, more often than not, I put out a video about me giving a, a hack on a checkout page and whatever. And I'm so excited about it. Like I literally I'm like, ah, I have to share this with the world. And it does so well. And then when I talk about something that I feel a little bit less interested in, even though, for example, it's a popular topic on search or something for my industry, it just doesn't resonate. It just doesn't, you know, you have to be excited. You have to, you have to feel it. But um, I I do want to get a little bit into your coaching background because you have, you know, uh, quite an extensive uh, coaching background. Like you said, you've you've helped transform over 200 companies. So, you know, this is a, a huge feat and you've done it for very large companies as well. So I'm just wondering, can you tell us what are the common mistakes or or things that that companies overlook that can, you know, drive their marketing to be better, drive more cl- customers to them. And I'm sure you've you've had a lot of kind of lessons in this, given the, how many companies you've helped transform. So is there common things that people do or common mistakes that they make that they can, you know, perhaps avoid uh, by listening to this episode?
1: Uh there's so many we could spend like probably another hour on or more a days on that t- that question that's that's a big one um but the biggest one that i would say that i come across is people not knowing their impact and what they want their impact to be um they're not clear they're foggy they're 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 the company itself is is not clear um or the the department or the leader um whoever it is that we're talking about a lot of times we're not clear about what the impact is and and impact doesn't mean outcome outcome is is a result where it usually is a dollar uh sign or a percentage sign an impact is a, is a feeling or an emotion connected with an outcome um and so when you look at uh an impact um you know like i believing uh uh, I believe that that being human is is everyone's competitive advantage, is is an outcome that I can create, and and so um, the more that we can do that, then I can start to look at the dollars and cents, which is the outcome. Um, Now, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we could look at short term projects, big projects, digital projects and say, what is the impact that we really want out of this? And um, and 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 that's different than saying, like, I want 5 percent conversion or 3 percent, you know, uh, on page uh, views or whatever it is. what is the feeling what is the emotion that we want to connect with this and and how do we want people to feel on the other end the customer um when we say like you know like a a campaign that comes out we say that we want them to feel a certain emotion like connected or community or uh or or whatever that is um that that can lead to the expected outcome that we that we want in the world and so start to connect more with um with impact statements rather than outcome statements hmm.
0: interesting well i mean i i i definitely agree with that and i think just in the in the last couple of years what i've seen at least you know because we get a lot of leads at direct peanut with like you know we're looking at people's offers all day and seeing what they're doing and and looking at you know if we can get the merchant accounts and so forth and i have seen obviously that um a lot of people are starting to create like put a more a bigger focus on creating a brand. You know, I could say, you know, you've been doing this long enough to know, you know, 10, 12 years ago, you just put a one pager up with, you know, product on there. And if you you're good at buying traffic and you buy enough, if you have enough money to buy the right eyeballs, the right amount of eyeballs, you convert those sales and you're good to go. Whereas right now, just with all the changes in algorithms and how expensive traffic is and so forth, if you don't have, like you said, some kind of emotion or an impact that you want to, to be made with your product, uh, which to me sounds kind of like branding. Like it's, it's having a brand, having your voice out there. Um, you're going to be left out in the dust, I think in a couple of years, uh, you know, the, the gone are the days of like just buying traffic and the, the person with the biggest wallet winning. It's just, I don't, I don't see, I see that going away with all the algorithm changes and so forth. Um, is there, is there a social media platform for most, let's say direct to consumer brands that you like the best? like that you think has the most potential for growth for businesses
1: yeah it's the one that that you that you build that has the uh, closest uh, niche and community anything okay. that creates community right now i think is where where your emphasis should be placed um and and that's not necessarily um on a linkedin or a twitter or a um or a um instagram Uh, it, where I think it is, is it's on a community platform that you build, where you can engage in a conversation around topics that are are going to serve the customer or or serve the influencer or whoever it is that you build a community around community is the ideal platform. and, And there's a thousand different platforms out there for communities that you can build on. I think that that's where I'd spend my time if I were a brand is building community around, um, one two or three different areas uh and and then use the hub and spoke model that we've all learned so well to drive community drive people into the community so then if you're spending more time on twitter or you're spending more time on linkedin those are the two and maybe insta maybe instagram but um those some of those are the the top ones to driving more of a the, the hub being the community and the spokes being uh, Twitter or Instagram. And I would just start with one or two and drive them into the community, drive more engagement into community, but use the hub and spoke model to, to create an owned land versus a rented land. Because if you build it on top of, a, you know, the rented land, as we've all seen, it can go away, it can change it. We don't know if it's going to be there tomorrow and you don't own uh, any of that data. So, uh, you know, build something where you can start to own your data and create more of that community
0: i've seen so many companies you know uh making seven seven figures a month and then disappearing the next month because of an algorithm change because they they said something they shouldn't and then it got banned and so forth so when you're saying create an external community the interesting thing what, what i think about is an email list which is email marketing is is you know, kind of the a popular thing right now. Funny, we're always going back to to old methods, like you said earlier, you know, mailing something. Email is like the oldest form of marketing online. And it's kind of making a comeback. Do you think that, you know, that's a good way to build a community? Because I mean, I I'm 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 thinking for myself, you know, we have you know, people contacting us from different forms and so forth. And we have all social media platforms are active and, and so forth. Is is an email list probably the best way to connect with somebody or is there another tool that you think um, you know works best for for kind of talking talking with and getting feedback from your from your customers?
1: Oh I agree with you. I think email is the best one. Um I, I I do think that the relationship probably starts off email but eventually you want to move them on to email and then from email into the community but um but yeah, I think email is a, is a, is it's my favorite platform uh for engagement. I I absolutely love email. I think you can spend more time creating work. I mean, not a lot of people do but you could argue that it's not quality in certain areas, but I think you can spend more time being more um, uh, intentional on email. And uh, if you if you're you do it right and I think that you can have engagement too. Again, as a KPI, I spend more time uh, trying to encourage people to hit hit the reply button than to click. Um, I'd rather see them reply back and 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 us get into a conversation than see them click on something. And I don't sell anything in the emails. I, what I'm trying to do is get more human-to-human conversations going because that's where I feel like the value is for both of us. And so, um, you know, it used to be that it was crickets and now I I spend a good amount of my uh, hour or two after I send an email out, getting to actually engage with people. And that to me is where brands should be spending their time is in engagement. And if we could use email or we could use a community or we could use social media, wherever you see that escalating, and it usually that is the hub and spoke model. Um, so you take them from social to email to community, then, um, then yeah, absolutely. I totally agree that email is a great way to do it.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, uh, Brian, can you tell us, you mentioned that you, you know, you mentioned that you wrote a couple of books. Can you tell us the names of these books and where we can find them?
1: Yeah, they're they're both everywhere, uh, including Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, all the all the different platforms. and And the first book is human to human. There's no B two B or B two C. It's H 2 H, human to human. And then the second book is Shareology: How Sharing Powers the Human Economy. Um, and that one's about uh, the what, where, when, how, and why people and brands share. Um, and in it, I actually outlined an, an equation for what to share, which we went over here about um, a little bit about why you know, the, the, uh, the, the, um, different ways that we can share through emotions and stuff like that. But it goes a little bit, a little bit more in depth in the book.
0: And where can people find you if they need to reach out to you? You mentioned that you had an agency for a while. So can you tell us where, what you're focusing on now as your primary business and where people can find you?
1: Yeah, I, uh, now I'm, I'm a, an executive coach. I exited the company five years ago. Uh, and um, and have been working with with uh, entrepreneurs and executives to help them grow their companies without burning out. And uh, I look at uh, ways that we can really tune up the company and, and, and expand it without uh, putting in more effort, more work and just putting in the things around them that that will do that in the ways that I did with three of my companies. So that's where I spend most of my time. Uh, I'm at Briancramer.com everywhere. So at Brian Kramer, Brian with a Y Kramer with a K. and um, you can sign up for any of my stuff there.
0: Awesome. So we'll have all the links down below for you guys. Uh, definitely check out Brian. He's got some interesting stuff to say about social media and how to connect as, as humans and as your brand to humans. Thank you so much, Brian, for appearing on the show and have yourself a great day.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate you.
0: Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagas.com. That's dot com. I'd love to hear what you're working on, so drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once.